Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey there, welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. Like any other type of aquarium methodology, the botanical style aquarium requires, you know, the usual diligence and follow-up. You need to keep on top of some things. Now, it's not like your aquarium's teetering on the brink of failure. You just need to monitor the water parameters and observe. Now, for some reason, probably the aesthetics, aquariums which embrace this methodology seem to be viewed by some people as undisciplined, sloppy, or even managed haphazardly. The, The reality, though, is that These are some of the most stable, easy-to-maintain aquariums you can set up, very trouble-free most of the time. The key is patience and having a good understanding of how these systems work. We've talked about this a million times, like how they embrace natural processes, you know, the kind that have been occurring in nature for eons. And the broad descriptor, natural processes, includes the growth of every aquarist's least favorite aquatic organism or life form, algae. Readers uh, of the tent and you know listeners to this podcast have told me that I really haven't touched on what they consider to be one of the more interesting benefits of a blackwater aquarium that many of us have experienced. The fact that the occurrence of nuisance algae outbreaks seems to be relatively rare in these systems. Algae in general seems to be moderate, if, if at all. And they're correct. This is an interesting topic that I've maybe briefly touched on, but never really went into a lot of detail about. And it's always you know controversial, too, because it's algae, man. It scares the living shit out of almost every hobbyist. Algae is, freaks people out. There's countless forum threads, magazine, and online articles and lectures all about algae and algae control and how it occurs and all that. The causes and the techniques for control seem to be pretty well known in the hobby. And they're covered in intimate detail by experts who are you know, far more learned about this stuff than I am. So we're not going to touch on every nuance of a subject that's been well covered in the hobby for over a century. Rather, let's just talk about algae in the context of the type of aquariums that we play with. Now, it would be intellectually dishonest and just plain untrue for me to assert that, you know, botanical style aquariums or blackwater, we'll call them blackwater aquariums because the water's tinted, let's let's leave it at that, but blackwater aquariums aren't susceptible to algae outbreaks. It's sort of a remarkable thing that we don't have massive algae issues in these types of aquariums on a regular basis, right? I mean, we have tanks in which we willingly dump, you know, huge quantities of botanical materials, which certainly increases the the biological load of the aquarium. You'd think that this would pretty much be a recipe for an algal algal bloom of, you know, epic proportions. Now, I have to admit that I've never had one of those nightmare algal blooms in a blackwater aquarium. And although it sounds like tannins or some other substances in the blackwater should be the obvious X factor, I'll tell you that I've personally never had a major algae outbreak in any of the other types of aquariums I work with either. Now, let's be clear. I'm not saying that I've never had algae issues in any of my tanks or that I'm the greatest aquarist that ever lived, blah, blah, blah. Of course I have. I've just never had one of those, I'm ready to tear down my tank and quit the hobby kind of algae blooms. Like, I'd never quit the hobby over something stupid as algae. Come on. And no, neither should you. So from a personal standpoint, I can shout that my blackwater aquariums don't have excessive algae issues. However, they do have some algae from time to time, of course. So what kinds of algae do I see in my botanical style aquariums with this tinted water? 
Well, for one thing, I'll get the algae on the glass in some form. You know, the easy to wipe away diatom-like stuff. Notice I said diatom-like because I'm not 100% certain that it is. It probably is. But since I'm not a professional biologist, I can only wonder exactly what the stuff is. Diatoms tend to rely on phosphates and silicates for growth, which are two compounds which are lacking in my source water. I mean, how diatoms can appear in an aquarium in which I use an RODI unit, which produces water that has you know, with a specialty cartridge that removes silicates and phosphates, it leaves me wondering. Well, don't have to wonder that hard. Phosphates come from food, so I can see why I might encounter that on occasion in my tanks. Although my phosphate levels in most of my freshwater tanks are undetectable on all the fancy fancy test kits and gear that I use. Anyway, it generally takes a couple of weeks at, at, at at the least to accumulate to the point where I go, hmm, gotta reach for the algae scraper. I think that the fact that I don't use high intensity lighting on most of my botanical style tanks will you know, not only limits some of the algae growth, but it makes it more difficult to see as well. Now, I have to admit that I've never encountered those, you know, so-called black beard algae growth, that nasty stringy stuff. And for some reason, it's just not something that tends to grow in my tanks. And I could speculate why, but I'd be doing just that, speculating. Like I do with a lot of things. Likely, it's some combination, again, of nutrients and lighting, perhaps even lack of water movement or something. It's hard to say. I use a lot of water movement in most of my tanks. And then there's that well-known hair algae, or thread algae as it's commonly known. The causes, as usual, of this algae are thought to be excessive light and nutrients like iron, phosphate, etc., the usual suspects. And I know those of you who keep planted tanks hate that stuff. Now, I can tell you that the only time I've ever encountered this algae in a botanical-style aquarium was in a tank which had plants, and in which, in the name of experimentation, I deliberately cranked up the LED lighting to an intensity far in excess of what was necessary to grow the paltry few plants present in the tank. Yeah, the stuff made its appearance, and it left very quickly once I dialed down the lighting, just so you know. Now, one thing that we might encounter now and again, particularly in newer aquariums with lots of botanicals and sedimented substrates and stuff, is a little dusting of sediment on the walls of the tank, which is often confused with algae, and it's usually just that. Sediment and some bits of botanical materials which get mixed into the water column after setup and settle on the walls of the aquarium and on the leaves and on the wood. This should not be confused with algae. And the same thing happens in nature, too, right? Just remember that. And of course, biofilms and fungal growths, which we talk about to the point where you probably want to bludgeon me, <laughs> ever, they're ever-present in botanical-style aquariums. They don't need any real introduction to most of our listeners and readers. We just need to understand how and why they form and what they mean for the ecosystem of our aquarium. And we need to understand that not only are they desirable, they're, to a certain extent, self-regulating. And you'll only see them if you look really carefully for them. Unlike fungi and biofilms in general, most algae tend to rely on nutrients and light. And they'll grow more extensively when, you know, higher amounts of both are available. We know this basic premise from our earliest days in aquarium keeping. This is basic stuff. Yet why don't you commonly see excessive amounts of algae in blackwater aquariums? For that matter, how come you don't see huge algal growths in blackwater systems in nature? What factors contribute to or limit their growth in nature? Well, you may or may not be surprised. I found a study from the University of Georgia which examined the apparent limited amount of algal growth in blackwater streams to determine if the limiting factor was chemical, nutrient, or light-driven. And lo and behold, the study concluded that it wasn't necessarily some magic stuff that's present in tannins and blackwater that inhibited the growth of the algae as much as it was light limitation. Yeah, the light-limiting effects of the blackwater itself were discovered to inhibit algal growth in these, in these streams. As light penetrates in the water, high dissolved organic compound concentrations and suspended solids can scatter and absorb light, which impacts algal and plant growth significantly. Makes total sense, right? Kind of sounds like a bummer if you want to believe that blackwater is some magic elixir, but the study also concluded that blackwater systems were somewhat nutrient limited, which 
also affected the growth of algae, although this was not concluded to be the primary factor which inhibited algae growth. In fact, in another study I perused, because I just couldn't leave this stuff alone, I was reading about the Rio Negro, it concluded that it was found that there was a relatively small difference in what they call respiration rates between whitewater and blackwater rivers, and that the presumption that blackwater systems are more sterile is sort of overstated by ecologists. So there's a lot of potential algae fuel there, despite the limited concentrations of certain ions and trace elements, yet nutrients, be they organic or inorganic, are only part of the equation for algal growth. Now, interestingly, the study also concluded that the higher incidence of algal growth occurred in areas in Amazonia where water movement was minimal or even stagnant, which suggests that, all things being equal, light limitation and water movement were possibly more significant than just higher nutrient concentrations alone. And that makes sense if you consider the long-held belief within the aquarium hobby that most plants don't do well in blackwater aquariums because they don't get enough light. Yikes. So... The long-held aquarium attitude about blackwater having some algal-inhibiting properties is really based on the fact that it's darker. I know, it's not a bummer, right? I mean, every botanical-style blackwater aquarium I've ever owned does have some algae present. Although, being a reef guy at heart, every aquarium I own has good water movement. Interesting, right? Maybe there's a correlation. In leaf litter-dominated aquariums, which I love, I still keep a good amount of flow going. I think that might be part of it. It's interesting because you'd think that an aquarium dominated by decomposing leaf litter would be a veritable algae farm, right? And yet I've experienced no more occurrence of algae in leaf litter tanks than I have in other setups. And on the other hand, regardless of what type of system I work with, I'm fanatical about husbandry and nutrient control and export. Obviously another key factor, right? As you know by now, the ecology of the botanical-style aquarium is all about facilitating natural consumption of nutrients via biofilms, fungal growths, and other organisms. In other words, algae has to compete for available nutrients with a whole host of organisms. And algae doesn't always win, even in circumstances where you think that it could. Interesting stuff, huh? The very composition of our botanical-style aquariums is likely the biggest reason why these tanks tend not to grow large amounts of so-called nuisance algae. Of course, there is still the light factor, right? Since a lot of blackwater botanical-style aquariums are hardscapes only, with little or no aquatic plants present, the lighting we employ is often strictly aesthetic, right? So you're not hitting a tank with decomposing pods and no plants with 14 hours of high-intensity, full-spectrum light. No, you're not. Well, that certainly can be part of the reason why our botanical-style aquariums magically have essentially little to no nuisance algae, right? We pin the, both the praise and the blame for algae on the wrong suspects, I think. Man, this deserves a little more study. Well, maybe it deserves a lot of study, but I think with more and more hobbyists playing with planted blackwater tanks, we'll have a greater body of work from which to draw. For that matter, more botanical blackwater aquariums in general means more material to analyze, so that's good. And there's another thing. As we've kind of beaten to death or beaten into your head relentlessly, in our truly natural style aquariums, we don't really care if there's some algae in there. We've made that mental shift that says it's okay to have some decomposing botanicals, brown water, biofilms, and yeah, algae. Because natural habitats do too. So it's not bad, right? The fact that we label it a nuisance is sort of ridiculous, huh? Let's think about algae in the aquarium to begin with. No, not the boring old, this is how algae problems happen in our aquariums lecture that you've read on every website known to man since the internet came around. You can find that stuff everywhere, and I don't need to deep dive into how algae appears and grows and how to get rid of it. Rather, let's talk about how we as a group mentally are opposed to the stuff in our tanks. I mean, yeah, I know of no one that enjoys a tank smothered in algae. It looks like shit, and it's a trophy for incompetence in the eyes of most aquarists. I get it. In fact, I remember reading once that more people quit the aquarium hobby over algae problems than almost anything else. It's like, yuck, why? 
Well, sure, algae problems caused by obvious lapses of care or attention to normal maintenance, like overfeeding, overstocking, lack of water changes, etc., are signs of incompetence. The occasional outbreaks that many hobbyists suffer through have all sorts of other potential causes, and they're normal. And they can often be traced to a combination of small things that went unchecked or changed. And they're typically controlled in a relatively short amount of time once the causative factors are identified. Yet as a group, us hobbyists freak the fuck out about algae in our tanks. And I can show you 100 pics of algae in the Amazon region, for example, and say, see, it happens in nature, and a typical hobbyist will still be rendered speechless with horror. And I can't even tell you what it would do to one of those natural aquascaping contest freaks or judges if you entered a tank in one of them with some algae growing in it. They'd lose their shit over that. People might die. You could be charged as an accessory to murder. You don't want to do that. But not everyone gets it. Just like the brown water, fungal growths, biofilms, and decomposing leaves. It's hardly a cause for celebration with many hobbyists, yet its appearance doesn't signal doom. Algae, like all organisms, appears and flourishes when the right conditions are available. Simple as that. If you don't like the look of algae, you can attempt to limit its growth by addressing the potential root causes of its appearance. Sure, algae is the foundation of life, blah, 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 and all that shit. Yet it's also the foundation for a cottage industry of devices, chemicals, and treatment regimens designed to eradicate it quickly and decisively. When it appears in our tanks, we almost reflexively embark on strategies to eliminate it at all costs. Now, I suggest that, despite our desire to eliminate it rapidly and entirely, we at least consider some of the benefits it can bring to the overall ecosystem that's our botanical-style aquarium. Stuff like supplemental nutrient export, food for fishes, and an indicator of the stability or suitability of our aquarium for aquatic life are some of the benefits. Much like biofilms, decomposition, and fungal growth, we can make some mental shifts to understand, tolerate, and even appreciate what algae brings to the table. It's not always bad to have algae present. In fact, it would be bad not to have it present. We just happen to work in a hobby specialty area that doesn't see a ton of it, so it's probably weird for us. Tinted water is not a panacea, but it is a potential factor which limits excessive amounts of algae growth, both in nature and in the aquarium. So the key takeaways here are that, number one, although there are many beneficial substances in black water, like humic substances, tannins, etc., it's inconclusive if they alone are the reason, or even part of the reason, why we seem to have less incidence of algae in our blackwater aquariums. Some research suggests otherwise. Uh, second point, the light penetration uh, limitation imposed by black water definitely has been shown to decrease or limit algae growth in the wild and in the aquarium. It's probably anecdotal, but it seems to be obvious. Third point is you still might see some algae in your tinted blackwater aquariums. Just that's the way it goes. And the fourth point is that it's not a bad thing to have it in your aquarium. We can use a combination of understanding, acceptance, and good husbandry to manage its appearance in our tanks. Let's consider algae control one more time. Algae, algae itself is super opportunistic. That's why it's been around for billions of years. It waits for the proper conditions and it takes off when its needs are met. In the closed system of an aquarium, algae blooms are simply caused by excess nutrients accumulating or being made available somewhere in the system in conjunction with available light. Simple as that. And the solution is not fancy additives, you know, constant manual removal, etc. It's isolating the cause of the nutrient excess and discontinuing or eliminating whatever practices, additions, or factors are contributing to it. So the enemy, the problem, is really not the algae itself. I know it's not attractive to everybody, I give you that. But it's the circumstances that led to its excessive proliferation in our systems. That's the enemy. Even in our sexiest, most well-maintained botanical-style aquariums, it's possible to have all the ingredients for a good algae bloom. Because we use natural materials and allow other life forms to break them down. However, when there are excesses of what algae needs to thrive, it does just that, even in a botanical-style blackwater aquarium. Think about it. Algae are merely exploiting what there is to exploit. Take that away, and the excess of algae go bye-bye. <laughs> Your mission? Out-hustle, out-compete, out-wit, out-last. Understand. Sounds like a format of a successful reality TV show, I guess, but 
It's the key to control of excessive algae growth. Simple as that. Beat it at its own game with a life form that's more efficient at doing what the algae is doing. Take away the excess of whatever factor, nutrients, light, stagnation, whatever, that the algae needs and the algae subsides. Just think about it differently. Think about that problem in a different way. It's easy. Think about that simple idea before you reach for the bottle of algicide or some exotic, you know, complicated control technique. Yeah, we have a lot to work on to understand what algae is, how it becomes a problem in some tanks, and why it's not much of an issue with botanical-style aquariums. However, that's the fun stuff, right? It's a chance to learn, to observe, to execute. Stay diligent, stay observant, stay creative, stay consistent, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Feldman from Tannin Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tin.